creating a distinctive Māori orchestral sound by integrating the style and colour of traditional Māori music with the vast range of an orchestra is the goal of award-winning composer and sonic artist David Mason. At the same time, he's integrating Māori sounds into video games tracks that he's also busy working on at the moment. David is this year's National Youth Orchestra's composer-in-residence, and the orchestra is about to premiere a work he's called Wahi Ngaro that draws on both his Māori heritage and his classical music training. While we can't play you that work, given it's not yet been performed, here's an earlier piece of David's work called Amorphous. I asked David if he comes from a musical family. It didn't start that way, but my brother started to get into music and he was kind of the the first person to start setting it off because then um I started to get into it and then my mom started to get into it and we all we were all playing in the same concert band and uh uh when we all moved back to New Zealand because we're in Australia for a while um so yeah (laughs) so that kind of started things off and then I eventually started moving into composition and stuff from there what about the classical side of things, David? As you're saying, you're you're in a band with the with the family, with the Fano, but it's quite a different thing to then commit to that academic kind of approach to classical music. When and how did that happen? So I got into music uh, specifically into like composition and stuff, and kind of how I got into classical music was through um, a lot of film music, honestly, and a lot of um, video game music because I play a lot of video games, and that. Growing up, that's what really started to get me into that kind of thing. And yeah, and then it was in in high school when uh, we actually got given an assignment to make a short composition just with like a, a digital workspace um, with synths and stuff. And it was like, oh, I get to, I can make video game music. I can do what I, what I've always been listening to. Yeah. And then that kind of, along with the, the concert music, which I was playing growing up, I think that all kind of led to me taking it on in university and studying it properly. I am uh, actually, I'm kind of split between both fields. I am also a video game composer. I haven't released too much yet, but it's starting to get there. Where So I'm working with a couple of different companies at the moment. Um, there's a company in Christchurch called uh, Black Salt Games, who are making a game called Dredge. It's like a Lovecraftian horror fishing game. Uh, and so I get to create all this music for when you're going around these islands. And also I've been doing all the sound design. So we've been uh, for all of these different islands that you visit, we're, we're drawing from different uh, New Zealand nature. So it's things like Kereru and, uh, and that kind of thing you get to find on all these islands. And of course, one of the reasons we're so keen to talk to you is this ambitious goal that you've set yourself to bring together two of these elements that are so important in in your life, traditional Māori music uh, and also orchestration, orchestral music um, and those those big orchestras. I mean, one way you could do it would be to integrate the traditional orchestra instruments and paonga pōro, for example. But I mean, what approach are you taking to this? Because another way would be just to take those traditional instruments and get a different kind of sound from them by working with the musicians. There's all sorts of ways you could do this. Yeah, it, it's been really cool to see um, 
a lot of composers have recently been trying to bring the Tang Porter instruments into the classical music space. I decided that I wanted to try and instead of literally using the instruments, I just wanted to take influence by uh, a lot of Māori music and 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 those ideas as well, the, the, the ideas behind what makes Tango Porto uh, valuable, so a lot of the connection with nature, and use that to, to try and influence my orchestral writing as a way of kind of contributing to creating a specifically Māori style of classical music, I guess. And do all the instruments that you would have to hand with an orchestra work in this way? I mean, I was just thinking that perhaps for, for me, I would imagine that the wind instruments might be more in sync. If we're thinking of, for example, the Taonga Poro kind of music, than perhaps the strings. Yeah, I, I suppose so. I, I uh, What I've been doing specifically, which has broadened things a little bit, is um, instead of taking direct influence from the instruments themselves. Uh, I was talking with uh, Jerome Kavanagh, who's, um, I believe he's the composer in residence over at University of Wellington at the moment, uh, or School of Music. And he he's a Tango Porto practitioner. And he was talking about how, how like, because Tango Porto instruments draw from nature, I could also find a, a location in nature that really connects with me um, and use that as this kind of way of broadening out this orchestra piece and I can take influence from the different sounds. And so I, I, for me, I chose uh, the Waipu Estuary, which is just a few minutes from where I grew up basically. Um, and so I've got references to the sounds of oyster catches and the ocean and all sorts of other things like that. Now the, the work that's about to premiere Wahi Ngaro is the first, I think, of five. I mean, God, you've got a huge year, David, at the same time as this other work we were talking about for gaming, you know, to come up with five works. Will they be similar on the kind of themes that we've been talking about? Or were we to sit down and hear all five in one go, do you think they will be quite different? So as well as this work, I'm doing a CNZ art grant and what they've basically funded me to write a few uh, small ensemble pieces, which, yeah, I want to kind of continue looking into this and seeing how I can take a similar approach in, in chamber groups. Um, so I've just finished a piano trio for NZ Trio, which will hopefully be performed sometime next year. And that was a similar kind of thing where I took a lot of influence from Wyata rather than Tango Porter for that work. So I'm hoping that it's all leading to something and I'm going to, you know, hone on these ideas and keep developing them. This work on developing, and again I'm quoting from the release, a distinct Māori sound for orchestra and chamber music. I mean, that feels like almost a life's work. Yeah, it, it definitely, it's a big thing that, you know, I feel, feel like a lot of uh, us Māori composers at the moment are kind of working towards and contributing towards. But yeah, it's definitely not something that I think I will achieve for, for years to come really, but I hope that, you know, each work that I come up with is slowly contributing to that that story. And are you also celebrating classical music through this, if you know what I mean? Because this is something that you love as well, you know, that you're you're marrying the two. You know, it's a fine balance, isn't it? One could easily overpower the other. Are you trying to find a, a harmony, for want of a better word, between the two? So it's very distinctively 
classical music, it's also very distinctively hand-in-hand Māori tradition. Yeah, so I feel like being both a young Māori guy and also a classical music composer, I'm kind of in this position of conflict between cultures, between my Māori roots and my craft as a Western classical composer. Um, And I think this is something that honestly a lot of young people in New Zealand today deal with is we're in New Zealand where we have this kind of degree of separation from the rest of the world where we're not quite European, but there's a lot of European influence. We're not quite American, but obviously our media, we get a lot of American influence. And then there's everybody else. There's Chinese people living here. There's Indian people, Japanese people, Australians. And uh, it means that we have this awesome cosmopolitan mixing pot of cultures and values and ideas but a but a kind of a challenge that faces myself and I feel like a lot of young people is that we kind of have to sift through all these ideas and find what ideas are important to us and what values define us so yeah uh, this idea that I trying to bring together all of these cultural influences that are surrounding me including my Māori heritage and my kind of interest in classical music and film music and and all of that yeah. What are the predominant instruments? I'm just coming back to that for a moment. What are the predominant instruments that we'll hear in this work? There's no one answer, but but towards the end, I definitely, I really wanted to, I was really inspired what John Sarfis does with a lot of his works, where he has these, these massive, large tutti sections where everybody's playing together and you have just this massive unity and this uh, I can't think of another word, but this awesome experience of like just everybody playing together. And so I've, I've created that with the finale of this work and I hope it works. Honestly, it's, uh, I haven't been able to hear it yet and I, I hope it comes, it comes out well. Of course, that's going to be the huge moment for you, isn't it? I mean, you've created the work, but until the orchestra, you know, you get to hear it. Um, and, and it's full glory. That's going to be quite emotional. I mean, you've had you've had works presented before, but I imagine that's where the magic is. It's always a great moment. I I used to perform a lot, and I honestly I really prefer now being a composer where I can just I do all of the work ahead of time, and then I can hand it off and just let someone else take control and do something with that work, and I get to just see what happens. That's always a great experience. There are different ways of composing, of course. I mean, you've got Pro Tools. You can create a mini version of it through the computer. And, of course, you are a, a sound producer and technician. You have all those skills, David. But the other way could be, I don't know, like Mozart. And it's kind of in your in your head and you write it down. What's your process of composition? I have a very scattered way of working. It was a lot of my master's thesis was trying to figure out my process best. I like to just make an absolute mess. I will sit down for like a week and just write stuff on the page, make an absolute mess. It'll sound absolutely horrible. And then from that, I'll get little glimmers of ideas. I guess it's kind of like you get like a, a some marble or something and you're like, you get, can chip away at it. And as you're chipping away at it, you start to see things that are coming out of that marble ideas that you really want to pull out. And then you just slowly chip away at it over time until you've got something awesome. It's a great thing to have so many skills, but I imagine sometimes you can feel yourself being pulled this way and that. So you have the the orchestral chamber composition that we've just been talking about, the gaming 
you've been in a few studios in your time as a sound producer and technician. Do you feel that this will be your life and would that make you happy to have these many different projects going on at any one time? Or do you think you might come to the time where you have to concentrate on one? I've been really enjoying working as a freelancer where I, I yeah, I, I do get a wide variety of, of work that has been really fun. And I guess that is generally what I want to keep doing and keep honing. I really want to um, make it as a composer, I suppose, and um, really focus on both the classical side and the, the video game side, which I'm quite stuck in at the moment. David Mason, the National Youth Orchestra, plays his new work Waihingaro in Te Whanganui Wellington on the 7th of July and in Otautehi Christchurch two days later.